Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Can I say something that I think is bullshit? Don't fool you. Yes, we sell out. He also told me he was on acid. Yeah, you better wash that mic off. I was gonna fill it up with my own urine. Alcoholica. And I talked about digging a hole in fucking dirt, smoking hash through the ground. Oh, I don't know. There's all kinds of shit. And shower filled with women. Sit your ass down, Lara. Shoot a pair of women's legs walking down the street. Eight women washing you down at once, you know. Coming up here, Lara points to me. <laughs> See, he said there's me, but see, and there he is, right there. And his skin is bubbling like on the Toxic Avenger. Boyfriends and dads looking for me. Ten minutes? Singing along, fucking along, doing the something to fuck along. Here we go! Hey, it's Amanda from the Minnesota Militia, and you are listening to and podcast for all. Welcome to and podcast for all. I'm Shane Overshaw, and I'm Jeff Winslow. Jeff, you're a driving instructor. I have a question for you. Alrighty. We know there's road rage. Is there such thing as people rage? Oh yeah, that's a real life thing. Because I had it today, and I've just about had it with the road and the people. Oh, boy. You, did you lose your cool on someone, or almost? Almost. But I, we had this episode to do tonight with our new guest from Mississippi, so I thought I should probably put, play it cool and just get home and just deal with it later. Oh, man. Yeah, there's the, people rage. Is, it's real. I see it all the time. I, You know, the, the world is a pretty angry place, I feel like, especially lately. <laughs> Landed at Fort Myers Airport tonight, and I get on the employee shuttle, which is also the public shuttle that takes you to the long-term parking lot. Yeah, yep. And after a five-day trip, the last thing I want to do is wait anymore to get to my car. I just want to go home. You know that feeling? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's people on there that are trying to tell the shuttle driver where they think they parked and what color they think their fucking vehicle is. Well then, don't How they do you not know? Gonna, isn't there a system for that? How do you not know what the fuck the color of your car is? I just had it with people. I was so ready to be home. I was done with airports. I was done with terminals. I was done with people. Right. I know you are an expert on driving and road rage, but this was serious people rage. <laughs> you should have just lost your cool on them for about two and a half seconds flat. I had it, and the guy I had it with. As we're going out the exit lane where you put your ticket in the machine and then it says, here's how much you owe, and then you put your credit card in the machine. Yeah. He's driving a red, brand new Escalade. He pulls up to the gate. He can't, the Escalade sits high compared to where the credit card machine is. Right. He can't figure it out. So he (laughs) opens his door so he can, like, type and put his card in the machine better. Yeah, because he doesn't know how to get his car close enough. No. (laughs) Well, the car was too close and his vehicle's too high. Oh, right. So you can picture this going bad already. Yes. He opens his door and takes one step out of the vehicle, and it's still in drive. (laughs) So his brand-new Escalade rams the stop arm, and now he's tangled between the machine, his car, and then I figured out he was tangled in his seatbelt as the car is ramming the stop arm. 
And at this point, on any normal day, you'd be laughing your ass off. But at this point, you're like, great, now I got to fucking wait longer. That's what it was. So <laughs> road rage, people rage, back to road rage at the ticket machine. I'm finally home. I, can you hear how worked up I am about this? Man, you need to listen to some sane anger and dish that shit out. <laughs> I do. I need some purify. I need some shoot me again. You're about ready to shoot him again. Oh, it was just brutal. So I'm I'm ready to have fun tonight. I hope you're ready. I'm ready, dude. Oh, my God. Isn't this where Russ tells Clark, Dad, do you need an Advil? <laughs> Don't <Hey>. touch. <laughs> Christmas vacation. Oh, holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? Oh, I'm going to calm down here. We're going to have an excellent episode. We're going to Mississippi tonight. Good, good. I like Mississippi. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Remember that little jingle? I do remember it. Yeah, I've been trying to teach the kiddos that one. You and I have toured almost every square foot of this country. Yeah. But we have not we have not been to Mississippi as a band. I mean driven through Mississippi, haven't we? I don't think so. It's twenty twenty one, places are opening back up. Let's take a trip. It's time. It's time. It's real time. That's right. I don't, have, I don't have much else to talk about. So road rage is out of the way. The parking ramp. Did you take your rock. you take your Tylenol? You feeling better? I just took one with my zero sugar sun kissed soda. Now you're talking soda in the south, pop in the north. I I live in the north and I do not call it pop. It is soda or soder. 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 Wow. Gotta get me a soda. The things I learn about you. <laughs> All right, you ready to rock? Yeah, man, let's bring him in. Here we go. Uh, just outside, I think the city he's closest to is Jackson, Mississippi. I believe that's the capital. And uh, from Mississippi State University, he contacted us through the Met Club forums to come on the show. I mean, how cool is that? And podcastforall at gmail.com. You, the fan, come on the show, decide the topics. Here we are. Mr. Matthew Zimmerman. How's it going, everybody? Good to be here. Good to have you. Thanks for coming, Matthew. I uh, got the message from you. God, it was like a week ago we made that post saying, hey, we're looking for more people for season three, and here we are. It's just that easy. Yeah, I've, I've listened to the podcast a couple of times. It sounds like a lot of fun, and uh, I like the free-flowing nature of it. Um, just so you know, when in Rome, I act like the Romans are drinking Sunkiss Zero Sugar. I have uh, Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar mixed with Dr. Pepper with Cream Soda Zero Sugar. It's quite good. <laughs> So so we're all we're all uh, healthy yeah. drinking tonight. What an alchemist just mixing everything together. Well, you know what? I'm hitting the hard stuff tonight because I've got water in my in my Yeti cup. Got to yeah. keep my got to keep my throat hydrated. You know, it gets a little dry up here in the winter time in the north. Well, is absolutely. this an AA meeting or a podcast? I mean, this is too <laughs> healthy to be true. Yeah, I know. No, nobody's drinking beers. We're all you know, like, hi, I'm Jeff. I'm drinking water. <laughs> Remember in AA, you only use your first name. So we got Jeff, Matthew, and Shane, and here's our drinks. And here's our drinks. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I like it. Matthew, what do you do at um, uh, Mississippi State? I'm a uh, assistant professor in the Department of Kinesiology. I teach sport management. Uh, and sport management, since I always have to explain it, please, is uh, basically my students are tomorrow's agents, uh, 
sports journalists, uh, sports uh, information people, sports marketers, and so on. Basically, I teach wow. people to work in the sports industry. Yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it a Dang, lot. Dang, that is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So when this podcast fails and the band quits and I want to get into the sports world, I call you. For real. Absolutely. We have a, we have a pretty solid master's program and uh, yeah, we, cool. and the students seem to enjoy it. So yeah, it's, it's good. And um, as a side note, what's really cool about my profession is that when I'm not in the classroom, I get to take my own, I get to create my own hours. So, uh, and my own work days. So I was a happy black ticket holder on the last Metallica tour. Oh, very cool. And it was fun telling students, come back, yeah, I just saw Metallica twice again last weekend. Like, how many times have you seen them? And the answer is always, not enough, man. So, <laughs> always kind of fun. I'll tell you what, Matthew. Uh, I've seen um, the show Ballers before, so I've seen The Rock yeah. on there. I think I oh, can yeah. be. A, I think I can be a sports agent. I think I'm gonna come <laughs> on down to uh, Mississippi and I uh, give it a shot. Well, you know, you know the right people and you jump right in. <laughs> Ballers is a fantastic show. I really enjoyed it. It is a good show. It always makes me wonder how. You know, realistic these shows actually get to it, but you know, it was it was a good show, entertaining yeah, H- to say the least. Yeah, HBO allowed it to be a little bit over the top, so right, right, just just like they do with everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something tells me Jeff he prefers ballers over the Jerry Maguire lines. <laughs> yes. Hey, J- Jerry Maguire is still a great movie. It's classic. It really, it really is. There's there's still a lot of great stuff about it. It's just, uh, man get off the phone. You know, when the guy's yelling, show me the money and making him yep. yell, get off the phone, call the other clients. Bob Sugar spurring you over. But yeah, it's a great movie. Really good movie. <laughs> Who's your motherfucker, Jerry? You, my motherfucker! What you gonna do, Jerry? <laughs> Bigger Metallica fan, Matthew, or uh, sports fanatic? Uh, probably Metallica. Or actually, definitely Metallica. Um, to be honest, I tell my students when we talk about the cost of sports and the cost of all these different things, um, I'd rather spend money on on uh, concerts than sports. Because like, if you go to a big sporting event, you're rooting for your team, and then they lose, it's like, oh, it's, I wasted... Yeah, right. it's such a disappointment. I wasted my fucking money. Why am I here? Right. But, but you go to see Metallica. Um, Win-win, baby. It's it's win win. I mean, okay. I don't want. I don't need to hear "Seek and Destroy" for the thousandth time, and "Sanitarium." I know I'm out on the limb with that. Everybody loves "Sanitarium," but at the same time, you're standing there just going, "Ah, it's one song. The other two hours are fantastic." So yeah, it's always win win when you see Metallica. Right? It's, they're always going to knock it out of the park. You know, it's a live Metallica show is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still good. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's like you know, if you, you you mix you mixed pineapple with peppers. I'll deal with it, man. So yeah, it's, absolutely. Yeah, it's still edible. <laughs> exactly. So what exactly. you're saying is the Seek and Sanitarium will not be on your Dream No More set list later in the show. No, they will not be on my Dream No More set list. Most definitely. Oh, right. I'm writing and, that and, down right now. Fact and these are not bad songs, but sometimes, you know, you just kind of get tired of a song, you know, and. Uh, oh yeah. I, I know the feeling for sure. <laughs> which I guess is a, that's kind of a, a music first world problem, isn't it? I'm just First tired of hearing yes. this amazing band play this amazing song, you know? Right, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to go to these awesome concerts, and yet here we are, we're going to complain about, ah, oh, we didn't hear the song we wanted to hear. You're right. 18,000 people pumping their fists to seek and destroy, and I'm standing there going, yeah, it's a cool song. But yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's awesome that they're they're closing with Seek, but let's hear something different, you know? Yeah. Let's... Where's Dyer's Eve? Yeah. <laughs> Matthew, before we get into the bread and butter of the show, mm-hmm. my 
question for a sports. I can call you an expert. How? <laughs> no, sorry. Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. right. <laughs> expert. No, please continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I always laugh about that. I'll rephrase that when we have you back in season 54. <laughs> How high can salaries go before it's just maxed out? Um, just in sports in general? The Steph Currys, the Kevin Durants, the Tom Brady's. How high can it go? Because 20 years ago when A-Rod signed that mm-hmm. deal and I think oh two, I said, there's nothing higher than that. And now that looks like peanuts. Oh, that's nothing compared to nowadays. Yeah, A Rod's what was it? Ten years, two hundred fifty million dollars. Uh, it's with like two forty two or two fifty two. Yeah, two fifty two. That's right. That's still a good amount of money, but but now that's like um, middle tier NFL starting quarterback money. Right now, that's like middle tier NBA star money. And you know, thirty years ago, when uh, I think it was Ryan Sandberg of the Chicago Cubs um, signed the um, signs like for forty nine million dollars, seven million dollars a year. And then Barry Bonds got a similar contract. Everybody thought that was too high. So I guess um, my response would be, as long as the TV broadcast rights money can support it, there's going to be no limit on salaries. As long as ESPN and CBS keep outbeating each other for the rights, it won't matter. I'm sure Tom Brady's getting a pretty decent penny considering what he just extended or signed a what, four-year with the Bucks. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be yeah. doing all, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm sure he'll be doing all right there. <laughs> well, people, and that's the thing they always talked about how with the Patriots he restructured his contract so they could get other players. But you know this this wasn't a guy who was going to have to you know rent an apartment. Right. I mean he was no, still doing yeah. pretty well. But yeah, I I, I don't think there's going to be a limit to salaries. I used to think there would be. I used to think fans would say that's enough. But you know we all come back, man. We all come back. I mean, I hated baseball for the longest time because it was boring. And then the Dodgers got good again. And as a Southern California right. native, right, it was like this is nectar to me. So sports always brings us back. You know, I've thought about that during this whole pandemic. These record contracts are still being signed. There's no one in the seats. How much do these TV deals and TV rights really pay these owners? Um, is that the majority where it's coming from? Yeah, absolutely. Like ticket sales help, merchandise sales help. But uh, for instance, for the NCAA tournament, the men's basketball tournament, which is about to start, mm-hmm. the current deal pays, CBS pays the NCAA a billion dollars with a B every year. And, and to plus, think that's only a two-week tournament. Uh, yeah. Basically, yeah, wow. basically two weeks. Yeah. Sure. And then plus the all the advertising they bring in. I mean, companies pay millions of dollars just for 30 seconds at the Super Bowl. So yeah, yeah, I know that ad space is so expensive. Well, and I I used to when I first started teaching ten years ago, because uh, uh, I used to be a sports journalist out in Southern California, and then I realized no one's reading newspapers, so I got to do something else. And anyway, um, I when I first started teaching, I told students on the first day of class there are two industries people will always pay money for: sports and Disney. And now I add a third because students kept saying, "Come on, you got to add this one." And okay alcohol and you know the fact is alcohol helps with both if you take kids to disney you're gonna need alcohol if and if you're watching sports and things are happening you're gonna need alcohol at right least for a lot that's, of people. that's why they've got the boozy treats at disney world <laughs> absolutely absolutely jeff's like i'm not even at disney and i'm drinking at home with these kids <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting you can have an empty nfl stadium but we're still making money just based off of fox sports yeah 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they, they, a lot of teams lost money because they do budget for having fans in the stadiums, but they're not living in poverty. Yeah. It's not like they're hurting. No, they're not going to have to transfer to a high school stadium or anything like that. They, they're, they're fine. Yeah. God, I need to have a, we need to have a sports hour. Uh, that I said that was my final question. I have one more question. Jeff and I are both from the Twin Cities, Minnesota Timberwolves, one of the worst NBA franchises ever, and it's had the same owner for 25 years. Yep. How does he make money? Um, the NBA TV money gets evenly distributed among all the teams. And oh, really? so he gets a massive windfall there to start with. Wow. And then the local broadcast deals. Because uh, I'm talking about like North. the ABC, like, yeah, the local broadcast deals also bring in money. Uh, there's still fans there. Um, actually, a friend of mine runs the social media for the Timberwolves and the Lynx. And okay. I know that his team does a pretty good job of keeping as much positive attention out there. I mean, there's still fans who come in. But, yeah, um, an NBA owner will always make money because uh, there's such an appetite for the NBA on a national level. And uh, so, like, TNT will show a couple Timberwolves games. Our TBS will show a couple Timberwolves games, so yeah, about two a year, right? I mean, and they have, they have some players, man. I mean, they have Towns and Anthony Edwards. Yep. Everybody loves him, but uh, yeah. So it's yeah, if you're owner in the NFL or NBA and or baseball, you're making money hand over fist. You have no trouble. It's amazing, even yeah. when you go ten and sixty-two. Yeah, <laughs> even then. <laughs> It just goes to show you, you don't have to be good to make money. <laughs> well, I, li- I like to pick on my friend and say, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is going to look good wearing Lakers colors someday. And he's like, no, no, yes, he'll never he leave. So, um, but yeah, it, and that's what's amazing. Minnesota, Minneapolis, uh, you guys are one of the uh, five or six cities in America that has every pro sport plus soccer. And yeah. so you guys are a huge metropolis and with a lot of fans have that want success. In a small market. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's weird to me that the T-Wolves haven't been able to do better. Man, I've been saying, I've said it multiple times on episodes, uh, the T-Wolves haven't been good since the Garnett-Sprewell era. No. No, and uh, even then, they, they should have been better, yeah. I was just about to say, even then, they weren't as good as, I mean, they had some decent players at that time, and there should have been, there, there was a lot more potential that wasn't ever unleashed, I feel. Yeah, no, I agree. Didn't they have, they, did they have Sam Cassell one year? Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. Spreewell, right. Cassell, Zerbiak, KG. Yep, Zerbiak. That's when they went to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. That's right. I forgot yep. about Zerbiak. All right. 18 minutes later, and we are now in sportscast for all. Right. I hope, I hope <laughs> we didn't spo- lose like half, half the audience. You know? And sports center for all. Da-na-na, da-na-na. Well, you know, there'll be a European audience going, what, basketball? Who cares? You know, and then there'll be an American audience going, sports sucks. So, you know, hopefully we didn't lose half the audience. Well, Matthew, what is the uh, first Metallica memory for you that still remains? When did you all um, hop on board? Uh, I was eight back in 1983. My older brother got one of Holy the however cow, many, 25,000, I think 25,000, 30,000, however many copies of Kill 'Em All were printed. Wow. And you have one. Uh, yeah, he still has it on vinyl, and he also has the audio cassette. And That's I remember awesome. uh, Four Horsemen wow. totally took me, and Phantom Lord totally took me. Phantom, yes. Yeah, and uh, and I heard Seek and Destroy because you know, um, yeah, my oldest brother. There's five of us, and uh, he he had Kill 'Em All, and, and so all of us we've seen a few shows together uh, ever since, and. Uh, so yeah, that's that 
first time was 83. And what's funny is then I fell out of music for a while because, you know, I, you're eight. You listen to whatever your brothers are playing or your, what your parents are playing. You know, mom had a Kenny Rogers album. Great. Thanks, mom. Um, hey, I mean, but, well, actually, K, I did K, have power to the. I'll ahead. just say K Rog can, he can get down with some jams. Well, K Rog, really? <laughs> 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 it did have coward of the county on it so it was worthy um but but you know you get out of it because you get into you like comic books and video games and then i came back about a uh about two years before the black album came out because you know i'm hitting high school and making friends and getting into music again because you know girls like music maybe i should like music and a friend of mine let me borrow injustice for all and i dubbed it and I listened to it so many times that became my music that I fell asleep to. Like I found it soothing by the end. And that was really weird. But uh, so, yeah, those I are totally, like the I totally know. The, I was going to say, I totally know the feeling. That's how Iron Maiden was for me when I was younger. Best of the Beast. I, it, it got to that point where it was like, even though it's like, you know, this heavy music, it's like, oh man, it just feels so relaxing when I'm going to sleep. All right, Black into Dyer's Eve, time to snooze. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, right. well, Maiden is so melodic with, I mean, it sounds like five guitars. What do they have, three guitars sometimes? And yep. uh, there's the one I always heard, Number of the Beast as a kid, but the other one is My Brother Hated Peace of Mind, which is a fantastic record. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it has a song about Dune. How could you go wrong? But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but he loved the Trooper, so he got the single of the Trooper. And the B-side was a cover of Cross-Eyed Mary by Jethro Tull. Oh, and if yeah. you haven't heard it, they knock it out of the park. Absolutely I've heard phenomenal. It. Yep, I forgot phenomenal. about that cover, but it's it's been a while since I've heard it. But yeah, it's really good. Yeah, absolutely. So OG since 83. And then uh, when did you, as a teenager, get back into them? I, I should basically say, when's the first time you saw them? Uh, first time I saw them was, uh, like I said, I, I had borrowed justice from a friend and got just dove right back into them, you know, would surreptitiously go upstairs and get my brother's old cassette and dub it. And he's like, been a fucking ruin it, you know, as older brothers do. Right. And then, uh, when the black album came out, I remember some friends who were hardcore Metallica fans were a little upset with it as happened at the time and others were not. And so uh black album tour was the first time I had a chance to see them. Uh, January 7th, 1992 Los Angeles forum. And what's cool is I got a meet and greet that night. So pretty awesome. First experience. Wow. And uh, now were yeah. these the meet and greets after the show before. Okay. Yeah, it was, was before it was before. And so like, they used to have both. Right, like if you watch uh, a year, a year and a half in the life of, there's a couple that are after where it's yeah, they'd have the after show pass. Yeah, but um, so you get a meet and greet. So you meet the band before the show, before you've even seen them live. How rare is that? Yeah, it was pretty fantastic. Like there was a local radio show called Pirate Radio where they were having a, they were driving through the parking lot and handing out flyers to their pre-party, and. uh they gave us a flyer, me and my buddy, and I'm like 145 pounds, six foot tall, my little ride the lightning shirt that I just got for Christmas. And we go in and they give their like radio guy, I'm giving out passes to anybody who has a Metallica shirt on. And so, you know, my buddy practically throws me at the DJ and we get passes. <laughs> and um, and the and it was cool because it was in the Forum Club, which if you know anything about Lakers history, the yes. Forum Club was where Magic Johnson met a lot of women. 
So I, it was kind of interesting it is being so that funny history. You said that I was trying yeah. to decide how I was going to address that. Yeah, and we were we were and me and my buddy were like this two months to the day since he announced his retirement, and so it was kind of crazy. And um, you know, I'll, I'll try not to sprinkle in so much sports going forward. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's all good, dude. I love it. I love hearing where Magic got AIDS. <laughs> HIV, <laughs> HIV. Um, but, uh, it's all good. Me and Shane are both big sports fans, so it's all oh, good. We fantastic. can mi- music and sports. That's a good combo. Oh, fantastic! And um, so we go in to meet the band. Lars never comes out, but Jason comes out, and he's wearing a shirt that has the Levi's logo, but it says Elvis. Yes. And you know, we just thought that was the coolest thing. I and, love um, that shirt. You see that in a lot of pictures. And uh, yes, uh, yes. And uh, Kirk comes out and he's really quiet, just like he is now in meet and greets. He's really cool, really quiet, just shakes your hand, signs your pass. And I couldn't think of anything to say to these guys. You know, I'm 16 years old, no confidence. And I literally just said to Kirk, uh, you guys fucking shred, man. <laughs> he's like, thanks. <laughs> the worst. As he so, moves on to the next person. Anyway, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> he goes, he goes okay. thank you. He goes, thank you. I've never heard anyone ever tell me that before. Never. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, crazy teenager. Here's girls. You know, yeah. Um, and then James comes out, and uh, we were like, and James was larger than life, man. I mean, he was larger yeah. than life. At six foot three, got a leather jacket on, and he had like pins around the collar, like a peace sign, and I forget what else, but then he also had a Raiders logo. So me and my buddy were big Raiders fans. We were like, yeah, so cool. He's a Raiders fan. And James is very nice, but it was just uh, – they were all friendly, but it was just really cool. And what's funny is after the show, my only thought about it was, God damn it. I forgot to request four horsemen. <laughs> and uh, so, but yeah, it, it's really weird. Cause a lot of people talk about being front row or being on the rail at shows they go to where whatever band, but when you met the band before you even seen any band Doesn't play, matter. yeah, it kind of took the pressure off. So, um, yeah, it was Dude, 16 years old in a meet and greet with Metallic. I don't even know if I'd be able to talk. I wasn't able to talk, so it all worked out. But yeah, sixteen-year-old cool. me would have definitely probably had a heart attack or a panic attack or both. You know, could I, be. Now I, you know, it'd be a, a little less, but yeah. still very nerve-wracking. <laughs> when yeah. I think about that old school, like you said, ninety-two, that was the original Snake Pit. They played Four Horse a lot on that stage, and that night they didn't, huh? No, and it was weird because it was the second night of three in Los Angeles that January, and that they, it was it. it was the one night they did not play it. They played Bread Fan to close, and they usually close with Stone Cold Crazy <laughs> on that tour. Hey, at least it was closing and not opening, <laughs> right? But um, but a month. Well, what's funny is if anybody who knows me from the boards will will, will know exactly what I'm about to say. A month later, I went to their sh- another show at the Forum, and um. They played Leper Messiah and Four Horsemen back to back. They played dude. Damage Incorporated. It was dude. just, it was out of the park. And uh, that this is one that if on the boards when everybody, as somebody says, "What are your wishes for the Black Album uh, box set?" And I was like, that this show somehow was recorded and show, ends yeah. up in there. And uh, but yeah, and and that's the thing is you see a show like that. I just turned seventeen. My birthday is in late January, and you see a show like that, and then for the next. 30 years of your life, every band you see from Iron Maiden to Rush to Springsteen to Slayer to Metallica, every show you go to, especially in LA, you're comparing it to that show. Of course. You're like chasing that show. And I think that's what Metallica fandom has kind of been all about for me is just chasing that high over and over and over again. I saw them at the Forum in 04 the night they debuted Dire Zebra there. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was in total disbelief, nearly fainted. Couldn't yeah, believe it. I, I was, <laughs> I still can't believe it. And that was 17 years ago. Oh man. I feel old. I know. Now we're dating ourselves. It's weird. You said leper was played. Mm-hmm. Jeff, I don't think I've ever seen leper played on the OG snake put as any footage out there. That's a rare night. Yeah. I, I was thinking the same thing and and then he said it. He's like, I, I hope that, you know, with the box set, because I was going to say that before you had mentioned it, like, man, yeah. we need some footage of that show. Well, there is... Leper a, on the OG stage. There is a YouTube of it, of the show out there. Like, like it was recorded. It's just not, you know, in perfect shape. So it's out there if you look on YouTube. But yeah, it was pretty crazy. I think uh, it was the only time Leper was played uh, f- between uh, 1990 and 1998. So pretty damn cool. Two we haven't done in a fucking long old time, so uh, hang with us here for a while. It's a leper messiah. And again, you just come away from that, like, and every show after that, you go to some fantastic shows. Like I've seen when Pantera right. was in their prime, you know, all those bands. And uh, but every single show, it's like, was it as good as that one? And a couple, mm-hmm. a couple have been. But I, I think also when you're a teenager, all the stuff it seems so amazing. And when you're like 40, oh man, that stuff when I was a teenager was so cool. And maybe <laughs> it wasn't as cool as you remember. I don't know. There's a few moments I saw in my teens where they're still probably in my top five for shows. And then you can be in your early 20s and you're like, yeah, this isn't impressing me. Then you get in your late 20s and you're like, oh, my God, five years ago, it was amazing. Yeah. It's funny how you look back on life and times change and a lot of opinions change. It goes fast. Yeah. um, A.K.A. the load era. But anyway, so. (laughs) Hey, I like that era. Well, and I didn't at the time, and my biggest concert regret of my entire life is not going to see a show on the Load Tour. I hear that I heard it; they were phenomenal. They were. Don't mean to burst your bubble. <laughs> Wonderful, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, Matthew. Anytime. <laughs> you come on here for support. <laughs> Jeff, speaking of opinions, Matthew, we do this section called "And Voting for All," and what we do is we take you know two songs, two album covers two haircuts, whatever it may be. And there you go. we kind of, we do a little battle here. We put a poll up on our social media, on our Instagram. We let our fans vote. It's kind of an interactive thing. So tonight I have a, a little segment I like to call Fire versus Ice. It is going to be Fight Fire versus Trapped Under Ice. Oh. <laughs> I have to stop you right there. Yeah. I totally was going with... Fuel versus slippery when wet. 
I swear to God. Oh, my God. That is perfect. (laughs) Now, Slippery When Wet, is that the one where one of the sides starts with, like, um, the audio of a sexual encounter, and then the girl goes, you mean that's it? Is that one, or is it New Jersey? It's one of the Bon Jovi records. I forget which one, but, like, 12-year-old me thought that was the funniest thing. Ask Jeff right there. He's the Jovi guy. I think it's Slippery. I could be wrong, and, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm sure I'll get some hate mail for it. You're going to get some hate train inbox for that statement, dude, if you're off. Right, exactly. Um, oh my God, that's funny. Fuel versus slippery when wet. Fuel versus Bon Jovi. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, anyways, so it's, it's trapped under ice versus fight fire with fire. Oh okay. Man. Fire. I don't have to choose made. between those songs. Oh, you have to choose one of those songs. Yes. Oh shit. Um, and then we'll post it to our Instagram on Thursday. Results come on Friday, and we'll see what a thousand people vote for. And you know what? I got to say, I think this is the first time this season where we've had two of the same song or two songs off of the same album battling against each other. Well, both had a very good shot to make my um, dream set list. And the only reason one of them didn't make it is because Ooh. I had just seen SM2 and uh, I decided that. Uh, a different opener would be more more um, dramatic and moody. So the one that did make my set list is Trapped Under Ice. So is that, the, Trapped. Song, is that the song you would pick then? Uh, yeah, we, Love Trapped. Perfect. That's tough. That is a tough one. I mean, yeah, Fight Fire with Fire. I mean, Matt, Matthew, would you like to hang out with Scarlett Johansson or Elizabeth Olsen? Jesus Christ, you can't go wrong either way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that was great. With that coin, Matthew. Right. Oh man. Jeff, what are you going with? You know, if I if I think about it, I would probably have to go with Trapped Under Ice. I love Fight Fire with Fire. Uh it's such a heavy song, but uh you know that whole, you know, middle interlude part of I Trapped know. Under Ice, it's got such a it you know, the song is so heavy, but it's got that you know, that element of like almost borderline being catchy, you know what I mean? And it just brings a whole different aspect to the song. And I just, I like the diversity of that song. I mean, as I'm talking diversity, of course, one of the heaviest Metallica songs known to mankind starts with a nice little, you know, acoustic guitar intro, but (laughs) I got to be the odd man tonight. Fire. Uh, I got to go with fight fire. As many of you know my seek and hunt and trying to see Trapped live after how many shows I've seen and I still haven't, I still got to go with Fight Fire. It's a great song. Anaheim. I mean, you can't, Anaheim, 2009, you can't, I saw it. Sorry. Yeah, you, can't go, you can't go wrong, and as long as you got a little... Lucky man. As long as you got a little raw backup vocals for there, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you guys put together set lists for, you, for one, for the tribute band, uh, do you guys look to look to do a lot more rarities? Like songs that, you know, you, you could see a million shows and never see Trapped Under Ice. Do you guys try to fit that in? We have a catalog, Matthew, of probably a hundred songs now. Mm-hmm. And... In, co- our ele- in our 11-year career, I think we've maybe played the same set list twice. Fantastic. Yeah, and I mean. We've played over 500 shows. We definitely oh, don't. We try. Don't get me wrong. We definitely, there's mainstays, of course. There's songs that you just, you know, no matter what you have to play. I mean, there's been a 
few select shows theme wise that we did where it was like it was all rarities you know no radio hits so obviously you're not gonna hear puppets or one or sandman but i mean that's like a very very rare type of occurrence but overall even in i would say a normal set list that has let's say 20 songs yeah 20 songs five to 10 of them are absolute mainstays no matter what even maybe 12 of them we definitely throw in quite a bit of variety. <clears throat> excuse me, quite a bit of variety. You know, playing songs like "Unforgiven," "To Escape." Um, we recently, within the last uh, year or two, started playing "Outlaw Torn" a lot nice. more. So you know, still giving you know what the the mainstream crowd that you know comes to see our shows. <clears throat> they obviously want to hear you know "Master of Puppets" and "Seek and Destroy," but then you get those diehards that are like, "Man, I want to hear something super rare. I want to hear something that you know I probably will never hear Metallica play live." Blitzkrieg, two by four, minus human. You'll hear it a lot at our shows. Matthew, would you like to jump in the fire and play some trivia, or would you like to reveal your Dream No More set list? Um, I'm going to end up having to do both, aren't I? You can do whatever you want. You're driving the show, man. You know what? Let's do trivia, and I'll, we'll be happy to talk set list later. Wow, curveball. Here we go. All right, let's start it up. We're jumping in the fire. Don't forget. Mr. Matthew Zimmerman in... I almost wanted to say Ole Miss, but I would Mississippi State. That would it's okay. not go over well. That's going to be heavily <laughs> edited out. I'm thinking of that damn movie. Don't forget, Shane, to let our listeners know to cast their vote and voting for all Trapped Under Ice versus Fight Fire with Fire. We got off on a little tangent, and voting for all polls open Thursday, close Thursday night with results Friday. Fight Fire with Fire versus Trapped Under Ice or what Shane likes to call fuel versus slippery when wet. <laughs> go vote. Go vote. And go vote now. It'd be great that when you if you post or when you post that poll that you put a picture of fuel and a picture of slippery when wet for trapped under ice and <laughs> fight oh, fire with fire. <laughs> it is happening, man. Then Matthew can post that to the uh, the Met forums and people will be like, who they're, the hell are these guys? I know, they're going to be so confused. They're going to be like, they do realize that that is a Bon Jovi record. No, 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 don't worry. That's trapped under ice. Yep. Just another normal day on a podcast for all. <laughs> all right, Matthew, are you ready to jump in the fire? Uh, yes. Um, I don't know how confident I am, but I am I'm excited. You're going to be just fine. Question one. What is track number eight on Kill 'Em All? No remorse. Wow. Nice. That was quick. Question two. This might be the hardest question we've had in a couple weeks. No pressure. Let me open Google. Rob? Hold on. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> got your iPad ready? Yeah, he's got the, the voice talking <laughs> with his headphones. So as Shane is saying it, it's typing it in. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I use that voice text option on my iPhone... It never types out what the fuck I oh, said. Oh, no, never. It's not good at all. <laughs> I could be like, Jeff, get in the car, and it will say, Jeff, what's the weather tomorrow? Yeah, you'd think with how advanced these phones are, they would work. You know, my remote, I can talk into it. My TV understands it, but my phone, right. for some reason, no. Question two. Rob Helford has joined the boys a few times on stage. What song do they play when this happens? Wow, I just uh, I just drew a blank. Hold on. Uh, rapid fire. 
Nicely done, man. I'm impressed. That was a, a t- that was a rapid a fire answer. <laughs> that's a tough question. <laughs> You're gonna blaze through the rest of these, Matthew. Number three. What was Metallica's therapist name from the Saint Anger era? Uh, Phil Towel. 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 I never get it right. Just Phil say Towel. the guy with the crazy sweaters. The, the guy with the sweaters. The guy the who sweater told man. Me to zone it. Yeah, the zone it guy. Yeah. So yeah, all that. <laughs> you gotta zone it till you bone it. <laughs> uh, question four from Mississippi State: True or false? Bad Seed has been played live. False. I mean, they, they jammed it a few times, I think, on the load tour, but yeah, false. Dude, I love that answer. As this is typed out, right here you can see it. False. But the jam on the 97 tour counts. <laughs> I love how they open up with that. The house lights are on. They just come out. Yeah. No one knew what the hell they were playing. Turns out to be a song. Question five. Jeff, we should play Bad Seed, and then at the beginning you can just go... <laughs> I think the diehards would like that. It'd be a fun song. Question five. Stone Cold Crazy is a cover. Who wrote it? Queen. Dreaming I was Al Capone. Right. Sheer love Heart it. Attack? Is that the name of the album? Or is it Queen Two? Is that Queen Two? I'm sorry. I don't I remember. I'd have to look it up. Sorry. There's a bonus point. Five and a half out of five, because I don't even know what record that's on. I was babbling. My apologies. Dude, I love it, Matthew. Nicely done. Jeff, <laughs> do you know you. what record that's on? I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to think about it. No clue. When I was a kid, I totally thought that was a Metallica song. They did a few tweaks to it. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it totally fits what they're doing. It's similar to um, Got the Time by Anthrax. Yeah, where it's so yes. part of them now, it's just yes. it may as well be their song. I think that song is off a of sheer heart attack. I could be wrong, but I'm going to lean towards that. Okay. I don't like I said. I don't know for sure, but what covers of Metallica's did you think were Metallica songs when you heard them? Um, first Metallica album I ever owned was Garage Days. The first one got me you know, a little cassette, the 598 EP. Nice. And uh, got it for Christmas, and um, I thought those were all Metallica songs. So it's weird. It's like <laughs> that's cool. Are, I got something to say. I killed your, but what the hell? What the hell? So right. that was an interesting experience. So yeah, I thought all of Garage Days was Metallica songs, and even after I read um, the liner, then I read the liner notes, and it was like, oh, okay. I, I, but yeah, I totally thought that those were, and I thought Bread Fan was an original as well. Dude, you and I are in the same boat. Like, Caress and Bread Fan when I was in junior high. Yeah. I was like, what records are, the, are these on? I can't find them, but I know they're out there. Yeah. Yeah, but Grudge Incorporated is so fantastic. It's such a great... I mean, their, their turn the page is just... Uh, and I'm one of the I'm one of the 10 people who likes Loverman as well, so... <laughs> well, i make that 11. How can you not like Loverman? I don't know. It's great. It's got a lot of oh, attitude. For, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> 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 that's thing is it's a lascivious lyric where he's just like oh, i love oh, you yeah he's just um yeah I, I, again my wife likes to say that there's always a thin line between creepy and stalker and he's straddling <laughs> that line and it sounds great very close yeah. take off your dress yeah <laughs> <laughs> be <right>. your man <laughs> Jeff and I talked about that a few uh, weeks ago. That's one of the best sounding Metallica records ever. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Even still today, by twenty twenty one standards, absolutely. The mix on Garage Inc. is it's Black Album uh, version two, in my opinion. R is for rape, man. M is for murder. Man. Ah, that sun kiss is going down easy, boys. <laughs> Time to uh, jump in a little dream no more set list, or yeah, I think we need to get into Matthew's dreams and um, see what's going on, dude. When you've been a fan since eighty three, I have a I think the set list is going to be unique. This well, set shows how old I am. Interesting. Go ahead, sorry. No, it doesn't have to be with old, man. We're just talking about experience, Matthew. This is going to be good. I'm looking forward it's to going, this. It's going to be a very wise set list. Okay. That's a great way of putting it. Well, before we get into it, do you have a dream venue, Matthew, that you'd like to see um, this dream set list in? My personal oh, dream would be the LA Forum, hometown show. A nice. lot of parking. Parking is important. And um, <laughs> but He's the first one to ever mention parking for his dream set list. That's something Pizzle I'm, I'm would an say. I'm an LA guy. It's I important. swear. <laughs> hey, in California, vehicles and parking and getting places is usually your number one uh, concern. Yeah, if you're from either New York or LA, one of the two, you're worried about where you're going to park. Well, I suppose if you're in New York, you're just walking, but still. Jeff, can't you hear Pizzle saying, oh, I want to see him at home. That way I don't have to leave the couch. Yeah, yeah. Can can my <laughs> my dream venue is my backyard. That way I can just look out the back window. That's it. Well, like uh, seeing Metallica in Minneapolis on the on the when I was had the black ticket a, a couple of years ago, I, I had to walk from my hotel. So it was a couple of miles. It wasn't a problem. Um, it kind of rained after the show, which, whatever, but I was a little was a irritated. We were both there, and my my buddy was like, "Yeah, dude, you you won't be able to really find parking in the venue. Just just park at your hotel." So it's like, "What the hell?" So, yeah, because in Madison, two nights before, parking was easier. But uh, but at the same time, yeah, it's, I'm that guy. I was worried about, okay, where the hell am I going to put my car? Is there security? You know that type of thing, which is really stupid. And again, shows what an old guy I am. Um, <laughs> that said, I mean, it's just wisdom, the- Matthew. Just like Jeff said. Yep, it's all just you know. It's all part of the a process. wise man from MSU. Well, that said, seeing Metallica in Northern, Northern California is kind of a pilgrimage. I mean, if you've never seen them there, I mean, at the Fillmore or even the Chase Center a couple of years it ago is. for S&M too. Yes. It's so, I, but anyway, so yeah, probably LA Forum. I love it. Classic building with a lot of history. Yeah. And we're assuming, obviously, a typical house song and ecstasy intro. Uh, yeah. Uh, normal ecstasy intro, all the well, not the lighters anymore. The cell phone lights and everybody going crazy. <laughs> iPhone and, flashlight and uh, Tuco up on the screen looking for the one grave he's got to find from Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. <laughs> yeah, all that yep. other stuff. You know. Oh, I love this detail. Oh, and uh, so yeah. Um, well, let me start by saying that uh, my favorite three records are uh, well, my two favorite records by them are Kill 'Em All and Death Magnetic. Wow. And so, and it has to be only 18 songs. Is that right? 18 songs. I'm limited to 18. 18, man. Just like the boys. No problem. Okay. So, um, it's different than it usually used to be in the old days, but a few years ago, my second favorite band is Rush. And when they did their little farewell tour five years ago, they did a thing where they played their catalog backwards. Like they started with the newest record. And then by the end, they were just smashing out, you know, tunes from 74 with terrible lyrics yeah yep. uh, i remember seeing the videos from that that's oh it was so classic so i got uh so i structured so my you're telling me they went from spit out the bone to hit the lights um 
Yeah, basically. And so wow. what it was, so, I mean, not every single song, but yeah, that's how they did the era is like the newest album to the, and so I was kind of, cool. I kind of did something with that with Metallica, except I didn't start with, um, Hardwired. I kind of, but I snaked it. And if you've ever been in a fantasy football draft where it's a snake draft, like somebody has the 10th pick and then the 11th pick. Yep. Anyway, um, <laughs> so my opener after Ecstasy is Call of Cthulhu. Oh, just like S&M. Like yeah. Yep. And uh, then my second one is Master of Puppets. Cool. Because you talk about a song that uh, I could hear. It's, it's their Born to Run. I can hear Master of Puppets a thousand times and never get tired of it. I mean, my wife, when she's downstairs doing something and I'm up in my home office, she knows I'm listening to Master of Puppets because my feet are just going... And like the, the ceiling, her ceiling is just... Sure. She, she's sending me text. What the fuck? And uh, so I did Master of Puppets. Second. And then continuing on... This sounds, uh, this sounds like an S&M one set list. Right. <laughs> and then uh, Shortest Straw. Oh, I like that. That's cool in the third slot. That fits well. And uh, since now we've been here more than 20 minutes, uh, Unforgiven, because we got to get a Black Album tune in. Have to. And then uh, we're going to take things down for all the lovers out there with uh, The Outlaw Torn. Ooh, I like that. Fifth and slot. then Unforgiven 2, thrash it up yes. a little bit more. There we go. I see a trend here again. And then uh, Unnamed Feeling because it's one they don't play nearly enough and they haven't played it since 2000 what february march 2004 and uh march 2004 and it's time jeff i'll let you take this one you know i'm a huge saint anger fan so anytime that we have a guest that will include any song on their set list from saint anger it you know what it just makes my night man that's awesome well, and that's the thing is when I when I make these because like, people talk about dream set lists or you put them together for like if you're running or if you're driving or doing laundry around the house. Um, I always try to get representation because I'm a pretty pedantic sob sometimes when it comes to these. <laughs> and, uh, so I um, so, you're a professor, okay. Matthew. We get it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so then next up, because I love the trilogy and I love the song Unforgiven Three. Like, like Shane was saying, he sees the trend as soon as one starts and then two is after, whether it's right after or shortly after, three's usually right, right around the corner. That's our third trilogy in 13 or 14 weeks. Yeah. And I saw the last week the guy had the trilogy, or the, in the last podcast the dude had the trilogy, yep. like one after the other. Yep, he had um, Mr. Jeff Wright from, uh, well, he was from L.A. too. He was from L.A. Yeah. And, uh... No, I'm, I'm counting. Hold on. Uh, it says 21 songs. So I got to cut. Okay. Uh, then, 21. Uh, Holy cow, dude. Well, I want to buy tickets I'm, to that show. I'm, I'm so cutting long. a couple. I'm cutting um, Halo okay. on Fire because I yes. think it's. I love it. And then. It uh, hasn't been said enough this season, in my opinion. No. And then um, usually I uh, would have Moth next, but I'm going to skip that because I need to leave room for the Kill 'em All songs at the end. So next up would be All Nightmare Long. Yes. So Moth was on it, and that just got axed. Yes. For Nightmare, okay. Because so, I look at it this way, like Halo kind of ends, and then maybe you take a 15-minute break, and then they come back and just smash in the face with Nightmare. And then, um, because then they, they next go to the acoustic version of All Within My Hands. All right, another St. Anger tune. Wow. Yep. Oh, I that. like how he. I have to look over at my SM2 set list here. I like how you said intermission after Halo, mm-hmm. just like they did. Yep. <laughs> well, the first time I heard Halo, isn't isn't that a show closer? 
I mean, it's a fantastic song. It's to me, it's it amazing. ends and the lights go down and you cheer for the encore. I, I don't get why they never didn't put that in that slot. You know, it's now amazing. that you say that, I could easily see that song being a closer for sure. I guess the way they close it out live. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I never really thought about that until you just said it now. But yeah, that song would be a great song for that. Absolutely. This is, this is great. I heard. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Matthew. Go ahead. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say this is great. I'm among my people. I'm having fun. This is a good stuff. That's what it's all about, man. <laughs> Podcast for all at the midnight hour. Here we are. That's why we're here. <laughs> it's funny you say that because the first time I heard Halo, it was in a pretty special setting because I'm in the music video for it, and I thought, this is an exciting moment. I'm right behind the band. I'm in a video. I'm watching them play it five times for the video before anybody else knew what it sounded like and about the second or third take of that video shoot I was like this this song is going to be big when Metallica is over someday this is going to be a top 10 song I felt it I'm pretty sure I was what am I trying to even say here I knew that night it was a big song that hasn't changed it's not going anywhere I seriously think Someday when they do the Greatest Hits album, that song will be on there. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and you know, it's funny, you're, you're, you're gracious host. You guys are letting me babble about my little meet and greet when I was 16 and all this other stuff in these shows. And you were in the Halo on Fire video. I mean, hashtag humble brag. That's fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> yes. Hey, when you post this. I have to write that down. When you hashtag humble brain when we post awesome. this episode make sure you put that hashtag in humble brain in the description when you when you post it i think only professors know that term that's, a, that, that's great i love it all right dude um, that is i love that that's gonna be that might be my new nickname on the show <laughs> so we just did all within my hands right that's where we stand yes sir and that was uh, acoustic Yep, and we stay with that vibe. Uh, I'm one of the 10 people who loved the acoustic in 1998, and therefore, Low Man's Lyric is up next. Yes. Wow. Fucking Low Man's Lyric. That's what I'm talking about. I love hearing Outlaw. I really do, but Low Man's, that is man. Cool. Hearing a, a cut like that. Been, He's got Outlaw too, Jeff. No, no, no. That's what I mean. Like, I, I love hearing Outlaw. I, I welcome it every time. I will never complain. This is cool. But hearing... Hearing Low Man's is cool. I've been waiting for someone to either say Low Man's or, or Mama Said or something. This is cool. And then uh, after Low Man's, uh, we're going to speed up a little bit with uh, Bleeding Me. Are we still acoustic? Uh, no, Bleeding Me is electric. Okay, we plug back in. Yep. And then it. um, it's time for another Black Album song. And I, I always feel compelled, like I should put Sandman, but I'm not going to put Sandman. So I'll say Wherever I May Roam. You know, kind of bring the crowd back into it. The ones who are like, "What are these songs?" Now they know wow. where it comes from. You are you're a gracious man, you know, because <laughs> this this the stream no more set list. I mean, we could play this set list, Jeff. The way he's got this structured, I'm just saying he knows when to go down and he knows when to go and bring him right back up. The dream no more set list is all about being selfish and thinking about yourself, but yet here you are being a being a generous <laughs> man, and you're still thinking about the crowd as well. That's that's yes. great. I love it. <laughs> All right, and then um, to close out the main set, Dyer's Eve. <laughs> Wherever I may roam, here you go, people, and now have your face melted. <laughs> exactly. So this is the chance where Shane and Matthew 
both get to hashtag humble brag, Jeff, <laughs> but we saw the live debut of it back in 04. I think it was yeah. March of 04. March 5th, 2004. Yeah. And he still wants it on his Dream No More setlist. That's how special it was. It, you know, it obviously made an impact. Oh, my God. Okay. So we have three songs to go, and these are all encores? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, then we open the encore with uh, Orion. Ooh. That's that's good. Dyer's Eve, leave the stage for five minutes. Back with that intro drum beat. I can see yep. that. And then uh, Trapped Under Ice. <laughs> now you're bragging to me. <laughs> and then... Someday uh, I'll hear that. Like... 2045 maybe and you know i'm uh torn between either phantom lord or whiplash but i'm gonna go with phantom lord closing the phantom show lord. with phantom lord i love this song way too much and they've it's, actually it's, it's done my that. dream that yeah. is that is so awesome i love it they've actually done that that's cool so just out of curiosity wow. so we have your full set you know real quick why we still have you here Mm-hmm. What were the songs that didn't make it? Because you said there was twenty. How many did you originally have? Twenty. Well, Twenty-one. So what? Um, what were the songs that didn't make it? I had uh, one hundred and fifty. In the middle, I. In the middle, I originally opened uh, the second set with Moth into Flame before Nightmare. Okay. And then I originally, after Phantom Lord, then had uh, Rob play Anesthesia in full into Whiplash to close the show. Wow. I like that too. That's cool. I almost and Whiplash feel like... is it's. I feel like we should just give that to him because that is great. That's it's a so, perfect closer. You want to give him a bonus track and say <laughs> "Phantom" into "Anesthesia" and close with "Whip." You know, <laughs> Dick Rash. Here, here's a secret that only people that listen to this podcast are going to know. I actually have 19 songs on my set, so I'll I'll allow. Why, why'd you tell me that? I'll allow one extra. I've always why I've, did you tell me that? I've always had I've always had it since day one. <laughs> if you're new to the show, everyone, Shane and Jeff wrote their set list before season three started. We have not shared them with each other. At the Ooh. end of the season, we compare our set list, and then the top two people who match Shane and Jeff's the closest gets a little in podcast for all prize and swag. So, Mister Zimmerman might be in the running. <laughs> well, you know. When they announced that they were going to have a comedian, when they were going to have Jim Brewer open for them on the the last tour, I thought, fuck yeah, that means they're going to play 19 songs again for the first time since, you know, 1999. And yeah, right. then I, I just, that's sitting through Jim Brewer's like, 19 songs, it's coming. And of course it didn't, which is still phenomenal shows. So yeah, I know it's sure. cheating and, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break format. No, I, I think I think we give it to him. That's... That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. <laughs> so Phantom into Pulling Teeth into Dick Rash. Yeah. Like, if they ever did a farewell tour, I can't imagine anybody leaving the arena unhappy except people who had to hear Sandman and Seek. <laughs> but you told you know, us Sandman almost like made every your room. list. <laughs> well, yeah, because I thought, ah, oh, people will have to hear it. Uh, I mean, it's not one of my favorites, obviously. But, uh, yeah. So. To recap, Cthulhu, Puppets, Straw, Unforgiven, Outlaw, Unforgiven 2, Unnamed Feeling, Unforgiven 3. I like how those are close to each other, but they're not in order. That's cool. Halo. <clears throat> excuse me. That sun kiss is getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> Delete Moth, Insert Nightmare, 
all within my hands acoustic, low man's acoustic, bleeding me, Rome Dyer's Orion Trapped Phantom Pulling Teeth Whiplash as a bonus. What do you think, Jeff? I think that's a solid asset. I would pay good money for that one. You know what's cool about this? It flows. It has energy. We haven't heard Puppets in Rome much through this whole season, but those two songs as major hits fit this very well. They do, 100%. And I'm so glad that you picked Rome over Sandman. I think, <laughs> I think. well, and I mean, I don't, I, it's, for, I think it just. I love playing Rome. We play it well, too. We do play it well, and I think, like Shane said, I think Rome fits this set list. It fits the flow. It's a, that's a perfect crowd song to put in there, for sure. I appreciate that. Like I said, it's my it's my running playlist, and it works pretty well, so I enjoy it. Matthew, I have to ask you, uh, how much time did you spend creating your Dream No More set list? Uh, a lot of people tell us it's stressful. No, it wasn't stressful. I think there was a thread on the boards, because, again, I'm, I'm pretty active on the boards. I, I mean... I try to okay. be a nice, but probably way too much on the boards. And uh, there was a thread on the boards that asked your dream set list. And I and I took a second, but then I thought, you know what? If I structure it this way, like, you know, album by album, it made it really easy. So it probably took me about five, ten minutes. It wasn't a problem. Nice. And you talked a lot about uh, Kill Em All and Death Magnetic, but you mm-hmm. only had two Death Magnetic songs on your list. Yeah, I, I also like, yeah, made a rule. You guys only gave me eighteen songs. Well, no, no, no. I um, I, <laughs> when, do I, get, I when do I get the double header? Well, the the whole pedantic thing was me saying no more than two songs from any album because oh, okay. otherwise I could be like fight and fade and trapped and Cthulhu and you know then I could be like battery and and master and leper and disposable heroes and Orion. So I figured I had to make I had <laughs> I to make like personal this. rules to limit myself from uh, going off too much. I like this. Jeff, I think we should uh, revisit the section called The Song That Should Not Be. Yeah, you know, you talk about all these songs that you really like, but what's the song you really don't like? And you only get one. You only get one, yeah. And, okay, so not like just because it's overplayed, but a song that I just am like, why did they record this? It's whatever song that if it either came on that you'd either... (laughs) maybe skip or that you would not necessarily ever go out of your way to play. You know what I mean? To listen to. And to think he's been following since 83. Uh, right. <laughs> One song that should not be in 39 years. This is, this might take a while. That's like when they ask James one word to span their career. And he doesn't answer. Yeah. Yeah. So what's That's the, right. the, the what, pauses. That's right. What, what's the, what's the That's one song? Theme. It's a great song. Uh, goodness. Um, for a while, it was Carpe Diem Baby. But then I saw it like a, a, I saw it live at Orion 2013. And afterwards, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that kind of kicked ass. So um, Great song. Oh, goodness. Uh, damn, which is it? Uh, Slither. Yep, Slither. <laughs> I was... Okay, I was, I was like, fair. I know it's one. Of, I, know, I know it's one of Attitude, Bad Seed, Prince Charming. No, Slither. That's the one. Yeah, Slither, without a doubt. Like, why did they record this? Um, with honorable mention to the Saint Anger title track, repetitive. Oh. What are they doing? It's Take repetitive. that, Jeff. I know. I'm sorry. I love the record. Wow. I love the record. Like, 
um, it was like a breath of fresh air after they didn't do anything for so long and James is in rehab and there was all that uncertainty. Right. But the title track is the only one that leaves me cold. The rest all just are burst of of pent up energy and emotion. But the title track is just kind of like ah, there's there's so much more potential here that they didn't reach. I'm sorry, Jeff. No, it's okay. <laughs> He'll live. You know, like interesting. Like the dude said from the Big Lebowski. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair (laughs) tell me if you can understand where I'm coming from when I hear the riff in Slither Mm -hmm. it's very close to Sandman yeah I can see that I can, I can see the I can see the the influence. That first 10, 15 seconds. I remember the first time I heard that. Uh, Both those songs suck. So I mean, sophomore <laughs> in high school. I remember like laying in my bedroom listening to that. I'm like, is this Sandman 1998? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just had that feel to it. That riff is very similar. We did a remix version, the grunge era. Hmm. Worst remix. Worst remix ever. Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil 97. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. awful. Worse than when the police readed every breath you take in for the 1986 uh, release that was all their singles. Suddenly it was like, it was a harbinger yes. of what Sting was going to sound like. Yeah, so. his yeah his solo career. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounded like money arriving. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like, hey, I don't need to split this money with my band. All right. Nice knowing you. Here's my new tunes. Enjoy your headband, your sweatband there, Stuart Copeland. I'm out. I like Stuart. I love Stuart. He's actually one of my favorite drummers. Top five, actually. Solid. Uh, In the well, here's a, here's a Stuart dude. here's a Stuart Copeland story. Uh, about ten years ago, I was working backstage at the Rose Bowl for a U2 show when they played that big show at the Rose Bowl because I used to do security at those type of events. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. The stars are back there. Like I was working the Black Eyed Peas locker room. Dude walks by, and I'm like, dude, you're Ray Manzarek. <laughs> and he goes, oh, that's a new one. And then he walked away, and he got 10 feet away. and went, oh, fuck. That was Stuart Copeland. <laughs> and I went up to him. Wow. <laughs> and I apologize. And he goes, no, that was funny. He goes, I, goes, I guess dude. I kind of look like him, but I've never heard that one. <laughs> so yeah. That's hilarious. That is awesome, Matthew. That's cool that he came back and addressed it and just had a good laugh about it. Yeah, but, you know, you feel about wow. two inches tall. So. <laughs> Was that the U2 stage that looked like a like a claw. foot or a prong, like a claw? Yeah. And it was yeah. about <laughs> about the size of Los Angeles. I think it only took about 45 semis to haul that around the country. Yeah, and they had like two of them. That was impressive them. production. Yeah, they had like two of them so that the they would make sure that each one got to the next destination. And Yeah, leapfrog each other. They're kind of... I like them. They're a little on the pretentious side, but like Metallica, I really like that every single tour they try to really do something weird and interesting with their oh, staging. God, yeah, yeah. Never been a huge fan. Like I followed them and know all their material, but I've always respected their production, their live show. They don't. Uh, they don't go cheap when it comes to the live show. 
No, no, and the, the electricity cost alone would just be... Anyway, so now we're talking on all the topics. We got sports and we got electricity and all this stuff. This is good. Well, that's what a podcast is for all. You come on the show, drive the discussion, decide the topics. We talk a little bit of Metallica. We derail into 99 other subjects. What haven't we talked about? Jeff, do you have anything to add? Uh, man, literally, like you and Matthew said, like li- we've talked about everything. It's... You know, that's what I've always loved about this show is, yeah, even though we are mainly about Metallica, we're open to talk about anything, man. It's awesome. The best thing I've learned tonight is the Timberwolves are profitable. Right. Right. Like, I feel like I want to go back and, like, talk about There's that no way. stuff. Because I, I, something tells me that Matthew knows some things that we don't know about some of our favorite teams. Minnesota Timberwolves, to me, have been just cash flying out the window glenn taylor's never made a buck in his life <laughs> and this explains why you can be an owner for 20 years and go 10 and 62 and still for 20 fucking years and still make a shit ton of money doing it god it's unbelievable uh i'm sure i know the answer to this is the nfl the most profitable yeah absolutely it's the most popular the most profitable yeah um the nfl is the only one well other than the Knicks and the Lakers, um, the NFL is the only one with teams whose value approaches the big soccer teams from Europe. Yeah, because soccer is wow. the biggest still, right? Or sorry, football. <laughs> yeah, soccer is the biggest by far. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I don't even think about that. Dude, that stadium that we have here is unbelievable. Beautiful. It's unbe- That's gorgeous. Yeah, it's so huge. <laughs> like, And I thought U.S. Bank was big. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. Um, I'm going to jump in here. I just did my quick Googling. Glenn Taylor, Glenn Taylor bought the team for around $90 million. And now if he wanted to sell it, he could probably ask for a billion dollars. Oh. <laughs> and you think he'd get that? Um, maybe Whoa. because again, yeah, uh, he'd have a good shot at it. Mm. So needless yeah. to say, he's made a little bit of money. Yeah. Not a bad return on a dumpster fire of a team. <laughs> Again, gentlemen, we are in the wrong industry. Yeah, without a doubt. <gasps> Can we just start our own basketball team? <laughs> Jeff, you'd be, uh, you could be the water boy. Well, I, water boy? I don't want to play on the team. I just want to look like a mi- Matthew will like be a- the general manager, and I want to <laughs> run the Jumbotron images. That, hey, that's, that's fine. Perfect. I just... I'll look. I know my limitations. I'll look like a midget standing next to all of them. It's all good. You'll be fine. Just keep the Gatorade cups full. I just want to be part owner, so I can just have my you know season tickets sit down on the court whenever I want. You know all that. Fun, no, you're, you're, all that fun. You're stuff. missing your calling here, Water Boy. And then you know you have your season tickets. Whenever awesome band comes through, you get to see them play. You know. Hey, it'll, it'll hey don't hate on the Water Boy. What's his face? I can't. Of course, now I can't remember a professional football player. He just tweeted out like a week or two ago that uh, the movie The Water Boy inspired him to want to play football when he saw it as a kid, <laughs> and so he started playing football in you know middle school, high school, college, and he is a professional football player Seriously? in the NFL, and it's because of Bobby Boucher. fucking fucking water boy so let's not hate on the water boy wow inspiration comes from many places exactly exactly i wish i knew his name off the top of my head again more hate mail i'm going to receive because i don't remember these things but uh, you know glenn taylor you might own the nba franchise but you've never been in the snake pit take that (laughs) and you've never had a black ticket (laughs) 
that we know of. He's probably got a black credit card though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The better of the of the of the two cards. Yeah. Matthew, real quick, how many shows did you see on the uh black ticket experience? Uh was probably next to you. Oh nice. Twelve. Uh first two and then the last three. And the only negative experiences I had were Tulsa, which just had a weird crowd, a very angry crowd. There was a okay. guy giving middle fingers to the band the whole time, and people were bumping into him. And I finally said to the guy, what are you doing? I still hate them for Napster. <laughs> okay, buddy, get a life. Wow. Get a- wow. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you bought a ticket to be on the floor for Metallica. Just, just to flick, him, just to flick them out. Who, who really lost here? Exactly. years later we're still upset over fucking file sharing exactly and uh charlotte which was a great show great crowd around me but outside security didn't know what the black ticket was and two different security people when i was like Uh-oh. where's the black ticket entrance were like can i see that and it was like no you may not touch my black ticket because if you take it from me i'm gonna be apocalyptic yeah. yeah so um but yeah it was a great experience uh really fun um a lot of diving for picks a lot of skin knees but uh it was, fun, it was really good and shout out shout out to the wife because i told her about it and she's like oh that sounds cool and then just as tickets were about to go on sale she walked into my home office and said if i loved anything as much as you love metallica i'd spend oh, the money you should go baby and thank it was like, you yeah. Yeah. good for her how many did you guys get get up to on the last tour? I got about fourteen. Four, uh, it was fourteen, yes. So you black ticket? You were black ticket as well? Yes. Fantastic! Awesome. Couldn't go wrong with it. I was not, unfortunately, with the age that my children are at. I just don't have it in my schedule to be able to travel around like that. I at least I did for sure catch a show on the tour as I always do. But I, Jeff, you got to go to Minneapolis and hear Bread Fan. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I got to hear Clover there. I was actually very happy about that because that was my second time hearing yes, Clover did. live, and I, I love hearing that song. It's a great song. That was a badass show. It was a good show, yeah. Yeah, it really was. I mean, two days later, they played Unforgiven 3 in Lincoln, and I missed that one, and I was like, ah, but then I thought, well, this means Unforgiven 3 is in rotation. They'll play it a few <laughs> times, and they Nope. <laughs> but Jeff, darn you and your adult responsibilities, man. Yeah, I know. I know, having to having to take care of other other people. Whoops! Yeah. No, I'm just weird. Kidding. Yeah, yeah, no, awesome. <laughs> no, Fantastic. no, it is. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. Well, I can't wait to edit this, gentlemen. We have forty-seven thousand topics to talk about. <laughs> edit dwindle down into a hour and change episode. A raging dream no more set list. He kicked ass and jumped in the fire. I got nothing else, Matthew. Hopefully, we can cross paths again. Hopefully, when the Black Ticket Part Two comes out, we can we can all do that. We can all meet up. Yep, get a nice you know Apfa reunion going. Apfa <laughs> reunion season three, and when Jeff and I buy a sports team, we're for sure hiring you as the GM. Yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, that. Yeah, you're gonna be the boss, applesauce. <laughs> I hope well, we this... can pay you with uh, Sunkist and Dr Pepper. I've... Happy to accept. Um, <laughs> this was this was excellent. You guys are great. I really appreciate the time. This is fun. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. I got to say, honestly, uh, you've been one of my favorite guests we've ever had. And yeah, the, the conversation was great. And hopefully we can do it again sometime. Absolutely. Amazing. Jeff, we're almost at the end of season three where you and I get to reveal our Dream No More set list. We're just a couple weeks away. A couple special guests coming up. And man, season four is around the corner. Yeah, so what? I have like two or three weeks before i gotta tell you what's on on my set huh man i can't wait then we gotta give away some prizes some swag 
If you want to be on the show and maybe get in for a last minute slot and podcast for all at gmail.com, you come on the show, drive the discussion, choose the topics. We might have one, two tops, you know, more slots available for this season. I got nothing else. I will uh, see you next week. I'm with you, man. Matthew, take care, buddy. Good night, guys. Take care. We'll see you. Later. <laughs>